Thank you so much for keeping it locked in right here on Radio Pulpit and Radio Cape Pulpit. Once again, you are listening to myself, Jenna Libby Long, and I've given you the entire biography of our guest today, Joshua Aaron. What an incredible privilege to speak to this award winning Jewish singer today and songwriter. Uh, Joshua, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Jenna Lee, for having me. I am honored. Now, you are on your way to South Africa, um, and you are in South Africa from the 18th of March already, which is just a few days away. Before we get into your music, first tell me why South Africa? Oh, my. Well, it's been on my list for a long time. I will tell you this, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here in my studio, uh, just about to come to you guys um, in the, on the Sea of Galilee, just about uh, a few minutes drive south of the Sea of Galilee. And uh, I've noticed for quite a few years now that, you know, as a singer, I'm my one of my main platforms, I would say, is YouTube. I've mm-hmm. noticed that one of the top countries that keep replying or commenting or uh, it's it's South Africa. And uh, I've just seen so much love coming from your country, not to mention all the beautiful pictures I've seen throughout the years growing up, wishing I could come and see your beautiful country. Um, So for me, I was just so honored to be invited and that uh, to hear that that there's going to be a a good turnout, um, people buying tickets already. And I'm just, yeah, I'm it, it just the Lord opened the door and I am so honored to walk through it and so honored to have people uh, to have invited me to come to your beautiful country. Why do you think it is uh, from the feedback you are getting from South Africa that our audiences are connecting to your genre of music specifically in this way? I, I, I'll i be honest with you. I don't I think I'm going to find out when I get there, <laughs> but I do see. Uh, you know, I'm I'm very anxious to see what God's doing among the churches, the, the the Christian believers in South Africa, because I am seeing around the world a a, a an interest in uh, deeper things. You know, um, not just singing about God, but but singing in, in in the language of the Bible, or just there's something about this season in the history of the world in Christianity, this acknowledgement that Jesus has come. His gospel is coming out of Israel, but it's kind of coming back full circle to to the time where he's coming back again. And I think there's some connection there in Christians who recognize the imminence of his return. Where he has come, of course, he came here to dwell among us, Emmanuel, uh, but he's coming back again. And I think there's I think there's a connection there in, in this last day's church in certain segments around the world. And it seems like South Africa uh, is one of those Absolutely. Now, you spoke of our connection or reconnection with Israel. Um, Although you were born in the USA, you have a great connection with Israel as well. Tell us about that. Yeah, yes. Well, yeah, this country is full of miracles. And, you know, it was a country, you know, that was scattered for 2000 years. We were scattered several times throughout history. (laughs) But um, the only country to have been who've been brought back after 2000 years. And yeah, my my grandmother, her name was Ruth Epstein. She fled the Holocaust in the early 1940s, made it to the promised land here in Israel, my grandmother. And Mm -hmm. uh, my mother was born to her in 1948, just a couple months uh, before Israel was reborn. My mother was born right here in Israel, in Haifa, Israel. And then uh, she was, long story short, she ended up in America 
at 11 years old, got her citizenship at 17, um, and then uh, was raised Orthodox, you know, not not believing in Jesus, very much uh, religious uh, Jewish, and uh, met Jesus uh, in, in 1977 through a Messianic rabbi, a rabbi that believed in Jesus, Yeshua, as we call him in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Um, she fell in love with the rabbi, Yeshua, the Savior. And she said, uh, she said, I did not convert to Christianity, but she said, I completed my Judaism and I accepted the greatest rabbi that ever lived as my Savior. So I grew up with that connection uh, with this, uh, a saved mom. The year before I was born, she was saved. And I grew up in that and um, with an Orthodox Jewish grandmother on my mom's side. And mm-hmm. I ended up, you know, as a believer, as a Christian, Jewish Christian, someone would call me. Um, I um, decided to move back to my mom's home country, raise my kids in the Galilee where, where Jesus raised his 12 disciples. <laughs> and uh, we've got my wife. My wife and I are here now. We we were married 21 years. Her name is Jeannie. And we have five children and our oldest is serving in the Israeli Defense Forces. Uh, we've been here about, in July, it'll be nine years we've been in this country. Sure, that's incredible. And, you know, Joshua, we, of course, hear a lot about the political tension between Israel and uh, the Palestine, but we also, as Christians, look at it from a biblical perspective. From your experience, though, at living in Israel, what's it like? You know, there are seasons of tension, you know, as I'm always I'm always visiting with tourists, you know, where we live uh, along the Sea of Galilee um, there. We you know, I drive every day past the Jordan River baptism site called the Ardenit, And you see people just being just full of joy. And uh, but when you live here, you know, day to day, sometimes there's tensions. Uh, but I will tell you this, as far as Arabs and Jews in the Christian sector, as far as Jewish believers, you know, we call ourselves Messianic Jews mm-hmm. and Arab Christians. There's such such a unity that defies politics because it it, it goes above it all. That um, we wish that politics would or the the news would display mm-hmm. uh, the unity. Even in Bethlehem, we have Christian brothers and sisters in Bethlehem. Some of them are a little politically. Uh, slanted, but really, there's such there is majority. I'd say a pure, uh, just a brotherhood, sisterhood in the body of Messiah among Jewish believers and Arab believers as well in Israel. But politically, yeah, there's 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 tensions, and you know, we Messiah is going to bring peace when he comes back. He brought peace uh, and salvation, and he's coming back to bring. Uh, you know, he will come back to bring a, a national peace as well. Amen. Amen. You, you you speak of unity. And I also know that gospel music or music in general can play a very big role in terms of culture and either promoting a message of unity or division. Uh, your thoughts on that? Absolutely. And and man, you're, you're absolutely right. Singing God's good news and, and worship has brought unity to, to countless people around the world. You know, my mother, God used worship to, to, on my mom's journey to salvation as a Jewish Israeli, uh, non-believer. It was Elvis Aaron Presley <laughs> that, uh, drew my mom to, to Jesus, his gospel songs specifically. And I, you know, you hear stories of him always struggling in his spirit and in his heart, wanting to just sing about God. But of course, he he always ended up becoming the Elvis that we all know. But God used music. But 
you know, for me, the example, one of my favorite examples is from the Bible, Second Chronicles chapter 5, and the dedication of the temple. You know, they gathered together, it says, without regard to divisions. They sang and played together as one. Mm. Uh, there were 120 trumpets, trumpeters blowing trumpets in unison. So mm. there was this, 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 this getting rid of divisions, then this, this unity uh, of in, in mind and spirit, just like the upper room, 120 in the upper room. They gathered together with, in, with one accord. Um, and that's when the Holy Spirit really touches down and really, you know, Second Chronicles 5, that the, the priest couldn't stand to minister because of the cloud, the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. And I don't believe we need to chase the cloud because God shows up when he wants to show up. But I do believe we need to uh, to strive to be together and worship together as one and uh, strive to for that unity that Jesus even prayed for. And mm-hmm. I think it's John 17 that we would be one as he and the father are one. You know, when I listen to your music, one can just feel the presence of God in it. And there's such an incredible purity about it that you sometimes can't even experience in secular gospel music anymore. Um, And I can imagine if your music, with all this distance between me and you, can usher me into the presence of God um, in such a way that when you are worshiping by yourself, that you experience God in an incredible way. Can you tell us about how your time with God or what your time with God in worship looks like? Well, well I, I, you know, I think it's worship is not just songs, it's action. I think I'm sure you'd agree with me on that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So really, I think even moving to Israel, uh, it, it coming from, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting where I live. A lot of my Jewish neighbors, um, fellow Jewish neighbors that see that I moved from America, they're like, why did you move here from America uh, when when most of us want to move to America? Uh, uh, you know, at least a lot of my kids, uh, you know, my, I have five children, their friends in school think we're crazy that we've been living in Israel almost nine years this, this July. Uh, but for, for us, that is an act of worship as well. I think just, you know, moving forward in God's calling is an act of worship. And not just uh, abiding him, but ab- him abiding in, in us as we follow and serve him. So so for me, my songs, even writing songs, you know, a song I wrote from Joshua 24, 15. Uh, Choose this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's really worshiping him in, in not just in, in song, but but in action. And that, that really comes out in my songs. I hope that makes sense. I'm a very active type person. So mm-hmm. yeah, my time alone with God is is powerful, but I think equally my time uh, serving him when I do hear him with the still small voice to follow him just goes hand in hand. And and that comes out of my songs, the time alone with him and the time in action uh, comes out of my songs a lot. You know, it, it makes so much sense. And we can experience that as listeners as well. Joshua, I want to ask you about your experience in terms of the culture change or the culture shift between the U.S. and Israel when you, your wife and your four children moved. What was it like for them? I've never been to the U.S., but just from what I see on television, I can imagine that there is a massive cultural difference. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it, first of all, it's, there's 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 very you can come go to one town and and, uh, and feel like you're in a different country than another town 20, 20 minutes away. 
Um, for instance, I my studio is here. I'm sitting in my studio here at a kibbutz, uh, uh, you know, a few minutes south of the Sea of Galilee. But if I drive, you know, 20 minutes to up to on the shores in the middle of the Sea of Galilee is a city called Tiberias. Very intense, you know, uh, a little more aggressive. You know, yesterday I got cut off by somebody cursing at me. <laughs> but then, <laughs> and I'm sitting with my little five-year-old, picked him up from preschool. Um, and then I come back here, to, down here to this this uh, this kibbutz, this village. And it's just people walking around with barefoot or, or bare feet or sandals and just, you know, kind of a little smile on their faces. Um, it just depends on where you are uh, culturally. Culturally. Um, so it's a little bit more in some cities, it's a little bit more of a survival state, but it might be like, you know, other big cities around the world as well. So it mm. just depends on where you are in Israel. But I will say you have to have a little bit more of an edge on you if you want to really advance yourself anywhere in the country, you know, in business, etc. Uh, because it's a survival state and it's the Middle East, you know, the louder person usually wins. Uh, and, and, uh, but you, you'll, you might see somebody arguing on the street, which doesn't happen all the time. And, but at the end they'll shake hands or maybe even give a hug. So it's a little bit more of a passionate people as well, uh, at times. Mm. Um, I can't wait to hear more about this. I do know that you're going to be in Cape Town and Pretoria, so I'm sure that listeners can get much more information at these events as well. If you just tuned in, we are talking to Joshua Aaron. Please stay tuned because we're going to give you the details of his ministry here in South Africa uh, and so much more about his music right after this song. It's one of his. Enjoy. Joshua, I'm sure that uh, people listening right now, they're so excited that we get to experience you in person in South Africa. You are at uh, in Cape Town on the 18th of March we, at Ache is Belleville in Cape Town. And then on the 20th of March at Levende Woord uh, here in Pretoria as well. Um, you say you've never been to the country, um, but I do see you going no. to be ministering with people like Tian Nell from the Hebrew people, who's going to be a guest speaker. Yeah. And Rihanna Nell, who's a very incredible worshiper from South Africa, will also be there. Now, you are no newbie to the music industry. You recorded your first album, if I'm not mistaken, back in 2009, is it? And so much must have changed yeah. since then. Talk to me about evolving or growing into the artists that you are today, who now have as many as 3 million YouTube views on the, your music videos. Well, you know, I, I'm blessed, first of all, you know, you know, to have an any audience by the grace of God. But, you know, I started in 2009, like you mentioned, and, and if you kind of follow the music industry, 2009 is when the digital music industry really mm. started entering the scene and people were starting to shift from physical music, you know, CDs and um, to digital. So, you know, if you watch any big YouTubers, a lot of them started in 2009, 2010. So, you know, I was an independent artist. I went to business school originally um, and been singing since I got saved at five years old. I started writing songs about my God since I was five years old. You know, nobody was singing those songs, but I was. <laughs> yeah. um, and all I wanted to do was sing about him as I got older. And uh, 
I started studying the music industry. So yeah, 2009, we had an album called Bo Yeshua, which mm-hmm. in English means come Jesus. And uh, it was a, just a very, you know, low, lo-fi budget, you know, recording. And uh, by the time my next album came, I had done a lot of research, figured out this new thing called YouTube in 2010 <laughs> and uh, put a song on, on there called How Great Is Our God in Hebrew by Gadol Elohai. And I think that ha- that has 23 million views, which is kind of crazy yeah. thinking about. Um, but but I once that kind of happened, I realized what I wanted to do is now officially what God has called me to do because I've got this confirmation from people who are listening and saying, "Okay, we we want more of this." And then I then I just began to really study the industry and how you know I've spent so much money and time taking YouTube courses and trying to find <laughs> out. Once I realized it was my calling and it wasn't just about me, it was about using this body, you know, this voice to share the good news. And uh, I found some good mentors along the way. And one of those is Don Finto. He's the the pastor of Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith when they first started. He's really like a a father of Christian music. And I approached him years ago and begged him to kind of be a mentor. And he's like, yes, Joshua. (laughs) And thank God he loves Israel. So he understands my world and uh, yeah, just about seven, eight years ago, he encouraged me to, I think his phrase was own your clout, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I said, because I was struggling with this whole, how far is too far when you're pushing, you know, music that has your name on it, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, King David has had his name on it, you know, to, you know, a Psalm of King David, his name was on and, mm-hmm. and you know, Asaf and, and Heman and all the others, all the other writers, their names were on there. Uh, but how can we make sure our name is 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 in lowercase and we can point people to our God and our Savior? So when I had the thumbs up from Papa Don Finto, I thought I, that it really changed my trajectory and I focused much more. That's when mm. I started studying more on how I, I could share about Jesus more through song, reach not only the nations, but reach my people, Israel. You know, as as it says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power mm-hmm. of God to salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the, the nation. So, um, yeah, I just became more intentional, you know, along the journey, knowing that my purpose was to reach the nations for the Lord uh, and to share his salvation that comes through only one through his son, Jesus Amen. You alluded to your mentor right now, but I am very interested, Joshua, to find out who do you listen to? Who are some of the artists or the gospel ministers that inspire you? Oh, my word. Well, you know, you people might not know who they are, but one of my favorites is a band called Lamb from the mm-hmm. 1970s, early 80s. Um, as a matter of fact, Lamb, uh, Joel Chernoff is the main singer of that band. His dad is the rabbi who led my mom to the Lord in 1977. Uh, And the other one would be Keith Green. um, uh, Another Jewish, very famous Jewish singer, but he was a Jewish Christian. He got saved in the seventies and one of the most radical Christian singers ever, a Jewish believer. Um, His wife has become a good friend and she's in her seventies now, but I don't, I do listen to modern worship, but not as much. I love to listen to more international things. I love listening to Bach and you know a classical music and very old um uh eastern jewish uh, european music i love um i just love music of different styles and sounds 
Um, so I honestly try uh, to blend my ears with sounds that I've never heard before mm-hmm. um, because there are so many beautiful worship songs out there, but I, I, I'm, I'm, I want to be used by God to sing something that's uniquely what he called me to sing. So I find if I listen to a certain style, I might end up writing, you know, in a, that certain style. So I listen to many different styles of music as well. I can't believe that we've uh, basically run out of time, Joshua. That means we need to come to the events so that we can hear you and learn more. But you also take part in an Israeli nonprofit called The Music House. It's based next to the Sea of Galilee. This sounds incredible. It's a worship center uh, meant to bring musicians and Christians together with a goal of giving praise to the soon coming Messiah. Tell me about your involvement there. Well, that's just, you know, the music house is just a small part of our nonprofit called gather the nations. Mm. And yeah, we want to use music um, to share the gospel and really to give a voice to the nations. Cause I believe even though I'm from America, I'm so proud to be American Israeli, mm. but in the last days, uh, America isn't the superpower. We just know that by reading the book of revelations, I don't think America will ever be destroyed because that would probably be in the book since mm-hmm. it's probably the greatest nation that ever has been. But the nations, I think, are going to have a voice in the last days. And I think music is the biggest tool uh, to share the gospel. So through our nonprofit in, in, in the Music House, yes, is one of our is our main location here. But it's called Gather the Nations. And we uh, uh, this year, we just launched it this year, early this year, um, to mentor and equip uh, the nations uh, in, in song and sound to share the gospel through their culture. And not only through their language, but in their cultural a uh, beautiful sound as well. Um, and, and in and, September, we have our first conference in Dallas called Gather uh, the Nations. Who's going to be involved in that conference? It sounds like something that one would want to attend. Oh, my. Well, it, yeah, it'll be we have a, a Native American delegation that's going to be there. We have a whole session in, from South America singing in Spanish. We, Friday will be our, an Israel Day. Uh, this is going to be held in, in Dallas, Texas, so it might be a little far from your audience in South <laughs> Africa. Who knows, Joshua? People have money. The Lord has blessed some people to be able to move That's around. True. You know, I am looking at the tickets on iTickets for your event in Pretoria, for instance, because I'm this side. And listeners, I must tell you, the ground level has sold out and there's um only a couple of tickets uh, tickets remaining for the middle level of uh, the theater so joshua what can people expect um during your performances or ministry in south africa both in cape town and in pretoria well it's going to be a personal you know very personal experience th- th- that night i'll be there uh in uh in in Cape Town i think we have a special that special guest will be singing with me um but also it'll be very personal i'll share testimonies i'll share songs and really uh you know it'll be at a level where we can all sing together and it, i'm hoping it feels like a a lovely time with family um so i'm just i'm just honored to get to meet new brothers and sisters in the Lord. And if I have time after each concert, I'd love to quickly say hello and shake hands as people walk out. If, if I'm allowed, I'm not, we'll see. Uh, I usually try to do that. If, if, if it's a, you know, under a certain amount of people uh, that, that, how about this? This is the code. Sometimes I'll wait about 10 minutes after it's over and then I'll sneak out back to whoever's left or 20 minutes uh, to <laughs> greet people because I'm just so honored to be in your country. 
that is an incredible plan. Uh, Joshua Aaron in <laughs> Cape Town uh, on the 18th of March at 7 p.m. at the AFM Belleville in Cape Town. That is, as I said, and on the 20th of March, which is where I'm hoping to go at the Lievende Woord in Pretoria, also 7 p.m. Tickets are available on iTickets. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Joshua, thank you so much for your time. Safe travels. We can't wait to meet you. And God bless you and your family as you continue to journey in purpose. Thank you, generally. Shalom, shalom.